Governor Holcomb expanding vaccine eligibility while announcing plans to end the state's mask mandate. We'll hear from local officials and medical experts. Plus, I'll talk with new Democratic State Party Chair Mike Schmuel and newly re-elected GOP Chairman Kyle Hupfer. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Our current cases, positivity rate, hospitalizations and deaths have all dropped drastically. I think it's only responsible uh, to continue to mask up. Indy's mayor and Indiana's governor taking different approaches on the mask mandate as the governor lays out plans to end that mandate the day after the NCAA tournament ends. We have team coverage today and we start with a look back at the governor's speech announcing the end of the mask mandate and the expansion of vaccine eligibility to every Hoosier 16 and up next week. Here's Courtney Crown. The statewide mask mandate is set to expire on April 6th when it becomes a mask advisory. The local governments and businesses can make mask wearing mandatory. They retain the authority to make decisions about COVID restrictions for their operations and should be afforded the respect. Governor Holcomb says beginning April 6th, local leaders will make decisions about venue capacity and social gatherings. Customers in restaurants, bars and nightclubs will no longer be required to be seated. Six feet of spacing between tables and other seating will still be recommended. The president and CEO of Indiana's Restaurant and Lodging Association says just because the state loosens restrictions doesn't mean restaurants will make immediate changes. Right. You also are seeing that across the board with hotels as well. So Marriott International, doesn't matter where you're at, you have to wear a mask to come into their hotels and utilize their services as well. Patrick Tam didn't want to speculate on what some of the largest restaurant groups like Cunningham and Hughes Culinary would do. Mask mandates does make uh, our guest experience more comfortable for our employees, but then also more importantly, uh, comfortable for everyone in that restaurant, not just employees or guests, but everyone. Governor Holcomb calls the vaccine rollout the real game changer for Indiana after we first inoculated those most at risk of hospitalizations and death. But next week, our state will hopefully receive enough additional doses of vaccine to protect all eligible Hoosiers. So on Wednesday, March 31st, we'll plan to open up vaccine eligibility to all Hoosiers, 16 years and older. All right, that was Courtney Crown reporting. Right now, more reaction to the governor's speech. This week, we spoke with medical experts from Indiana who think the governor may be moving too fast. Bianca Reyes has more. Every time that we've eased up restrictions, we've seen a rebound in cases. Timing is everything when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic. At least that's how Graham McKean sees it. To end some of the restrictions and very simple, low barrier, uh, low cost uh, prevention measures like masks, um, the day after the national championship, I think is a little uh, premature. He's the assistant director of IU's public health program, and he believes April 6th is too soon to lift Indiana's statewide mask mandate. Doesn't really give you the time frame to really see any impacts. McKean says variant cases are on the rise. According to the CDC, Indiana has had 68 cases of the UK variant, which spreads more rapidly. More than 80% of those Indiana residents are not yet fully vaccinated. So that tells us a lot. I think it tells us, you know, we're not really ready to uh, to lift 
most of those protections yet. Dr. Michael Weiner with Regan Streif Institute is concerned Hoosiers will ditch the masks too early, especially since there's a two to six week waiting period until someone is fully immune after their final dose. And that's if they get an earlier appointment. It's important to keep our guard up until that time actually uh, arrives. It's time these experts say we could use more of, possibly months more. There may be some benefit to holding out a little bit longer until you know, we're really more confident that the coast is clearer for, for just about everybody. In Indianapolis, I'm Bianca Reyes, Fox 59 News. And we also have a reaction to the governor's speech from state party leaders today, starting with GOP chairman Kyle Hupfer. It's exciting for Hoosiers. I mean, I think it's a testament to the data-driven approach that Indiana's taken from day one under Governor Holcomb and his team's leadership. We're vaccinating at one of the highest rates, if not the highest rates in the country per capita. I know uh, we just discussed that there's going to be some more mass vaccination sites around the state. Uh, to think that anyone over 16 is eligible, uh, I believe we may be one of the first, if not the first state in the country to be completely open up for vaccinations. Um, and so I, I think we're headed for a good spring and summer. But a number of medical experts have gone on the record this week saying they think it's a bad move to get rid of the mask mandate before everyone has a chance to get fully vaccinated. What, what's your response to that? I just would go back to what the governor has shared numerous times is that, that, that he's let the metrics and data drive this. And you've seen that the numbers that he's been focused on have been driven down. Um, we vaccinated our most at risk for hospitalization and death. Um, this, this disease is going to be around for a while. We know that. Um, but we're certainly in a position where we can start getting back to full normalcy. Um, and I think there'll still be, as the governor said, a lot of folks who continue to wear their own masks um, and in public. Um, I certainly will. Um, and uh, it'll just over time, but allowing capacity limits to go up especially is important, allow some larger events to take place when they can be done in a safe manner. Uh, let's talk politics here, too. No elections this year in Indiana, but we do have a, a new secretary of state in office now in Holly Sullivan. Uh, amidst a lot of debate over election reform, both at the state and the national level, uh, you've just been reelected as chairman of the party for a second term. And you have a new counterpart down the street taking over the state Democratic Party. What's the political outlook here in Indiana for the next couple of years? And how do you maintain the kind of success your party has seen here at the state level? Well, certainly the message that I share statewide with all our Republican uh, leaders is that it's oftentimes harder to stay on top than it is to get there. But the way we've gotten here is through uh, solution-focused uh, policies enacted at the state level and at county levels across the state that have led to prosperity for Hoosiers, um, record levels of job creation, record levels of workforce development dollars, and another um, increase in educational funding coming out of the General Assembly this year. So I think we have to continue to keep our eye on solutions for Hoosiers. That's what they've come to expect and trust from Republicans. Um, and that's what we'll continue to deliver. Kyle Huffer, congratulations on, on being reelected to a second term. And thanks for taking some time with us today. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. All right, I'm joined now by the new state party chair for the Indiana Democrats, Mike Schmoll. Mike, congratulations on the new role. Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you. You're taking over here at a, at a pretty interesting time in the life of our state and really our, our entire country, obviously, toward what is hopefully...
the end of this coronavirus pandemic. And I want to start by getting your reaction to the governor's speech this week. Did he meet the moment? Are you concerned at all about some of these restrictions, including the mask mandate, being rolled back here soon? Well, I think all Hoosiers should welcome the news yesterday um, that sort of um, helps us see the light at the end of the tunnel, Dan. You know, I think that we've been through so much over the last year, and it is good news that the vaccine um, age will be lowered and that more people uh, will receive it. I also think a couple things, though. I think that, um, you know, our ability to do this and to come out of this um, virus, uh, come out of it in a healthy manner, um, is a big result because of federal leadership, too, and the federal-state partnerships um, that have been developed um, with Joe Biden uh, in the White House. You know, um, some of Governor Holcomb's own advisors have said that that partnership has been critical. And, and President Biden passed the American Rescue Plan, um, which really gave more state and local governments um, the ability to do some of this work. Um, you mentioned the masks, and I do think that while this is welcome news and that we do see light at the end of the tunnel, um, we need to come out of uh, the pandemic in a way that um, truly gets us to the finish line um, and truly lets us run through the tape and that we don't start having uh, gatherings and people are ripping off their masks um, you know, prematurely. Uh, we just can't have that. We're so close to getting through this uh, pandemic. And my hope is that that mask advisory um, is extended into some sort of mask mandate in the weeks ahead. Uh, let's talk about your new role here as party chair. What's going to be your focus moving forward here politically for a party that's really struggled to win over voters here in Indiana in recent years? Yeah. Well, you know, Dan, to use a March Madness analogy, we got to get back in the game. Um, I sort of feel like a new coach who's coming in and uh, my team hasn't made the tournament in a while. Um, and I think some people can relate with no Indiana teams left um, in any bracket. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my bearings. I'm, I'm starting to raise money for our party. I'm hiring a top-notch team. I'm, I'm talking with people across the state on devising a game plan to get us uh, competitive again. And that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that our party um, has a clear message that we are going everywhere, that we are talking to every Hoosier, um, and that we're talking about the things that we are pushing for and advocating for, uh, and the things that we always have, you know, uh, a good paying job with benefits, um, protecting your health care, getting out of this pandemic, um, and offering, you know, you and your children a good public education. All right, we'll talk with our panel about the future of the party and about the governor's speech next. Plus, we'll discuss President Joe Biden's first press conference this week and the vaccination milestones he's hoping to reach as the state of Indiana hits a milestone of its own. And later, the tragic shooting in Colorado claims the life of a Ball State grad. We'll have reaction from elected officials here in Indiana with the issue of gun control back in the news again. Here was the headline this week in the Indianapolis Star, hunker down no more, with Governor Holcomb announcing the end of the state's mask mandate April 6th, while also expanding vaccinations next week to all Hoosiers 16 and up, as Indiana reaches a key milestone, 1 million Hoosiers fully vaccinated. Let's talk about it now with our panel, joined this week by Robin Winston, Tony Samuel, Laura Wilson, and Adam Wren. And we start with former Democratic Party Chair Robin Winston. Robin, what was your reaction to the governor's speech? Well, I think it was it was good for all Hoosiers. I think that, uh, you know, everyone's got to take personal responsibility on this. There are those who, who want to be against it. There are those who 
don't think they should be doing it at all. But this also is emanating from the fact that Joe Biden has done a tremendous job on the distribution of vaccines all across the country. Even yesterday, raising the goal to now 200 million people to be vaccinated. So with that type of federal partnership, combined with what the governor's doing at the local level, we'll get around the corner here and address this issue. Tony Samuel was 2016 vice chair for the Indiana Trump campaign. Tony, what's your response to that? And what do you think about concerns that the governor may be moving too quickly with the mask mandate? Well, there are always going to be those folks that are uh, uh, listening to the side that would, would keep this uh, mask mandate going on for as long as they could. The governor's hit the mark uh, from the start of this crisis throughout the pandemic and now with the vaccine distribution He's been doing a great job and he's making the right calls. He's listening to the right people. He's looking at the data and, uh, you know, I commend him for, for being on top of it. And then, you know, not just here in Indiana, looking at his record on, on all of it, but comparing him to the other states, the, the New Yorks and the New Jerseys and the Californias, the Democrat-led uh, uh, states, um, it's night and day and, and he's done a great job. Uh, let's turn to you, Indy Political Science Professor Laura Wilson. Laura, certainly issues like mask mandates have become political lightning rods throughout this pandemic and not just here in Indiana. No, it's true. Across the country, there's the question of who should be involved, who should be in charge. And, it, and it's not just the mandate itself, but there's the question of enforcement. In the case of Indiana, if we no longer have the mask mandate, as we won't after April 5th, um, it's going to be up to local governments. It's going to be up to corporations, businesses in terms of the enforcement question. But we've seen this raised in different states and municipalities and different corporations. They all handle it differently. I think the thing that it really highlights in a lot of different ways is just how different our expectations are of government and what we believe should be an individual right versus something that somebody else has told to us. That's different across the country and that's definitely why you see it becoming more politicized and also quite frankly more partisan too as different parties have to pick different battles and take up different positions on this issue. All right, finally, Importantville's Adam Wren, who's also now with Insider. Adam, what else are you hearing in terms of the political pressure the governor may have faced on this decision from fellow Republicans as others, like Indy Mayor Joe Hogsett, take, take a different approach when it comes to the mask mandate? One of the things that I'm watching for, Dan, is whether the governor gets something out of this uh, decision to sort of compromise with, with some of the uh, people on the right in his party and the state legislature, you know, do they give his uh, agenda kind of a fresh look? Do they, do they move parts of his agenda forward in a way that they were holding out on uh, given this mask mandate? So that's something that I'm going to be watching down the home, home stretch. But look, the governor is the governor of a vast state that has different parts of geography, different demographics, and ultimately he's going with the, the conservative idea of local control and giving those authorities the ability to decide for themselves. Um, and so I think that's consistent with his political philosophy. All right, I also want to talk here about President Biden's first press conference this past week. The president announcing, as Robin mentioned, that he would now try to double his goal to get 200 million vaccinations complete by his first 100 days in office. Laura, what were your key takeaways from that press conference, which, which notably did not include any questions about the ongoing pandemic? He didn't include those questions. And also, it's important to note that this was his first press conference. He's taken questions going in and out of meetings, things like that, uh, but a little unusual. Certainly, you know, things happen that way. I, I think in some of the key takeaways there, 
obviously he's been effective at his policy so far, his strategy. Some may say it has been a strong man, a strong man goal that what he initially said was going to be easy to complete. I think regardless, if we can do the, our very best to take out a party, take out politics, if we focus on the policy itself, more vaccinations are a good thing. We're getting closer to achieving herd immunity. We're getting closer to have things opening up. I know there will be a new normal and not the traditional normal, but regardless, I think any return to a version of normal is certainly a good thing for our country. It's good for our economy. It's good for the people. And I, I do think you heard a little bit about that optimism. And I think that's probably his overall goal and message, especially at this beginning part of his administration. Certainly, he faced a lot of questions there in that press conference about the situation at the border. That was a very big topic. Senator Braun, by the way, visiting the southern border this past week. Tony, what was your reaction to the president's press conference? Certainly, he'd faced some criticism for not holding one until this week. Yeah, it was more than 60 days. Uh, it wasn't a great showing uh, for, for President Biden. Uh, he looked um, weak in his answers. Um, folks have criticized him for using notes. I, I, you know, I think that's fine. He can use notes, but he didn't use them effectively. He fumbled through them. He was, didn't have command of the issues uh, regarding the border. He's got a crisis on his hands, and he's making he's made it worse by reversing the course that President Trump had set us on, which was. Uh, taking care of a lot of the problems that had been going on for decades. Um, he's shut down the Keystone pipeline. That's uh, cost tens of thousands of jobs and raised gas prices. Um, just one issue after another. Uh, he's not in, 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 in charge of what he's, uh, his policies and, uh, and it showed in his uh, really, really flailing uh, uh, press conference. Obviously, a lot of factors go into something like gas prices, but Robin, I want to get your response to uh, what Tony said there and also to another big topic this week, the issue of voting rights. We saw a controversial new law in Georgia. The topic has been up for debate here in Indiana, where we now have a new secretary of state. Your party has a new state chair, as we heard earlier. How big a topic will this be here in the Hoosier state? It's already a big topic, uh, Dan. You know, I stood in line for five hours to vote. That's ridiculous. Um, we should have not had in those kind of restrictions on, on voting. Now they've made it a rule in Georgia, if you give somebody a, a bottle of water on a 90 degree day, you're trying to buy their vote. That's crazy. Um, everything, and remember, Georgia is a state where we counted the ballots three times and Joe Biden won. They can't, and then we went to a runoff and, a, and Warnock won and Ossoff won US Senate seats. Isn't it amazing that that's the first state to come right back and make restrictions on the access to voting. As far as the president's press conference, Tony, I think you got to change your filter because I don't think you were watching the same station I was. He did a great job. He didn't berate a reporter. He didn't say, go ahead and use disinfectant on yourself. He talked about making sure that we get 100 million vaccines and now another 100 million. He had total command of the stage and was one important thing, calm. That's what I saw out of the press conference. All right, Adam, uh, the new state party chair for Indiana Democrats, Mike Schmoll, you saw him there earlier in the interview. He really made a name for himself heading up uh, the Buttigieg campaign. You spoke with him this week as well. What will he take from that campaign into his new role here, trying to bring Indiana Democrats back from uh, the political wilderness? You know, I think one of the things he's going to take is his lesson that he won from winning the Iowa caucus uh, in terms of how to reach out to rural voters 
in a red or purple state. Uh, Indiana is a, a bit more red than Iowa is. But how do you communicate to to farmers, to to people uh, who are living in, away from cities, and how do you blend that into a, a message that appeals to them? I, I think he's also going to take the go everywhere strategy uh, that Pete Buttigieg operated on in terms of talking to podcasts and television stations, reporters, print newspapers. He's already done that this past week, uh, talking with you and and many other reporters, uh, getting his message out. So. Um, I think it's great for the party uh, and for the Republican Party and for voters when both parties uh, have, have more parity. I think you get a better government uh, for everyone. And it seems like that's the direction that he's moving the party in. Okay, our thanks to our panel. They'll be back here in a few minutes. Coming up, the tragic shooting in Colorado claims the life of a Ball State grad. We'll have a reaction from elected officials here in Indiana up next. Two recent mass shootings in Georgia and Colorado have the issue of gun control back in the news again. A deadly shooting in Colorado claiming 10 lives, including Boulder police officer Eric Talley, who was also a Ball State grad. His death and both of these recent shootings bringing reaction from elected officials here in Indiana. Senator Mike Braun tweeting about Talley, who he says ran bravely toward the sound of gunfire and gave his life to save others. Braun said, quote, we mourn Officer Talley and all those who lost their lives in this tragedy. Congressman Andre Carson said in Boulder, Indianapolis and across America, gun violence is an epidemic. He says we need common sense gun safety reforms now. That debate continued this past week in the nation's capital. Stick around. We're back to wrap things up after this. Tournament back in action today at Hinkle and Banker's Life. CBS 4 has the first two games today starting at 2, Gonzaga, Creighton, then Michigan, Florida State. Time to wrap things up with this week's winners and losers. Laura, I'll start with you. So my winners are all Hoosiers who are now eligible for vaccination. It's important we get our shot. My losers is just the overall concept of the mass shootings we keep having. There's the article from Onion, No Way to Prevent This, as the only nation where it regularly happens. We can prevent it, we can do better, and we must. Adam? Uh, winner, Indiana Democrats for having a fresh start with the new chairman. Loser, Todd Rakita for propagating uh, lack of confidence in, uh, in elections in front of the Congress uh, this week. Tony? Uh, one winner for the week, Kyle Hupfer has been reelected Republican Party uh, chairman. Uh, great success under Kyle, also reaching out to uh, non-traditional Republican voters. Robin? Joe Biden, who uh, reinforced what civics is all about. I'm glad the General Assembly's passing a bill in that regard. Losers, the boys in the band in Georgia. Seven guys standing behind a desk signing a bill to take away voting rights. It's wrong. All right, we're going to leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.